Hey, hello, everybody. I hope uh, this finds you all well. We are here for another update from Garland. Garland, I was, um, I've been thinking about you this week, wondering what's going on. So what you got? What's the latest? Uh, okay. Well, uh, Monica, let's start. Get my mic in front of me. Um, well, we had, uh, so in regards to the lawsuit, we had a, uh, I think I told you last week, we had, we had prepared our brief and our order, proposed order. We're telling the judge, here's what we want you to do. The Fulton County finally responded before, he hasn't ruled yet. Uh, they did respond on um, somewhere around Wednesday and they didn't have much of a response. It was weird. They're basically, they're kind of throwing the towel in on the open records request. They're not really challenging us uh, on that. They're, it's almost like they are going to accept the fact that, you know, if he penalizes them, uh, you know, a thousand or more dollars per request. Uh, but they say they don't want to turn over the ballots. So the argument there is, well, they said there's nothing in the law that requires them to do this. Um, and, um, and which is true, there's nothing in the law that requires them to do that, and the law prohibits them from doing it. Well, I mean, that's kind of true, but the judge has the authority to unseal the balance, and that's our argument. That was our argument before they briefed us, and that's still our argument. So there was nothing in their response that changed anything. So that's a good thing because we've already addressed those issues in our uh, in our uh, proposed order and our brief, which is all up on voterga.org on the legal tab. And um, so it, it looks good. We're hoping that we'll get a ruling this week. The thinking is there's two scenarios of thought. One is, well, there's three things. I mean, the judge could dismiss everything, uh, the open records request part of it. We don't think that's very likely. Um, we think he'll rule, rule in our favor on the open records request. Um, the evidence is pretty much overwhelming. And then the question is, will he go ahead and order the inspection right now as a result? Because that's what we're requesting with the open records request. Or will he delay until discovery uh, and then uh, you know give it to us at that time uh, as part of the, the deeper lawsuit in regards to equal protection due process and all those claims that we have. There's there's the open records request are only two of the nine claims in the lawsuit. So, um, so we're anxiously awaiting what the, the case will be and we're still planning the inspection. Did you did you say there was a date by which you you would be sure to get a complete answer to what's what you still got going? Um, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, we so we you know we're hoping for a ruling this week. This will only resolve the open records request. Then the the lawsuit right that would then move into discovery, in which you know you show us uh, your stuff, we'll show you ours, <laughs> and and, and uh, that's when we want the inspection. So right. we are we're hoping that he's going to rule that we get the inspection as a result of this open records request, which. I think there's a pretty good chance that we might, um, but if not, uh, even if he doesn't give it to us right now, 
we still are only a week or two away from opening discovery. So it could be a one or two more weeks that we have to wait to get the uh, inspection, but we should be able to get it at that time. So I, I think it's just a matter of time and trying, you know, trying to be patient uh, and let the, uh, the judicial process work if it still works. And uh, that's what we're going to find out. Uh, and, what else is and, happening? Do you know what what is if there are any? Have you gotten any kind of inside scoop or even um, professional opinion on what's happening in the other states? I mean, uh, Arizona seemed to have a new development. I think they said that they were going to look at the voting machines. What was? Do you know anything about the uh, other cases that are going on? Yes. Um, I, in fact, um, I actually, that's where I was this weekend. We were working on. Really? Um, I was we worried were, about you when you said you were <laughs> doing something. I was like, man, don't trust anyone. Uh, yeah. So uh, now we had a very interesting weekend and we were coordinating uh, with different states on the issues. Really? Uh, yeah. So um so here's what I know about Arizona. They are, and I don't know everything about Arizona, but we, um, they have, the Arizona, the Maricopa County is trying to use their own independent, uh, their own, no, non-independent auditor to right. do the auditing in Arizona. And the state Senate is saying, no, that's not acceptable. We, we, we want an auditor uh, who's going to audit the ballots uh, and it's going to be of our choice. And they have uh, basically, uh, they're kind of arguing about that. I expect the state Senate to win because it's obviously you don't want to, uh, it's no credibility if you're auditing yourself. Yeah, right. So so that that's uh, pretty crazy. Um, so that's kind of what's happened in Arizona. The Arizona is looking very good. Um, I, you know, I think Georgia is looking good. And uh, we've got some, you know, some other states that are looking pretty good. Hmm. Um, um, I think that Michigan is looking good, which will be a little bit of a surprise. So, so what is um, your what would be your highest aspiration here? What would be the like? crowning achievement of your life in the context of this election. If it, if you all your efforts come to the highest fruition possible, what will that look like? Oh, only now are we talking about only in regards to the elections in terms <laughs> yes. of highest achievement? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. We, I'm sure I've, I've actually had some interaction with your lovely daughter and I know that you have higher achievements than these, but yeah, just in, in yeah. the context of what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need some improvements in the love life too. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. There uh, you go. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that you are going to have your pick no, after no, you're no. the hero of Georgia. I, I don't. I don't know about that. We still got a long way to go. All right. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, got, I was laughing so hard I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it going to look um, like oh, if you are like. the big winner in this so, endeavor? So you know, this is a long. I think we're in for a long war. This year, this year is going to be uh, a war. Uh, we're we are in a war. Uh, it's it's a spiritual war as well as just a physical war um, and a mental war. So um, it's going to be tough, but um, I think that we will find either the ballots are counterfeit and there were enough to change the results, or we will find that the Dominion 
um, problems are deeper than what we anticipated. Um, and I'm finding more and more evidence about that, even this weekend, as we went from state to state, we're kind of coordinating and looking at what happened in other states. And we're seeing this same pa this pattern that pretty much everybody already knows about. But we're kind of filling in the blanks and getting more details. And we're, and we're seeing um, that, gee, this is, it happened the same way in every state. And we're getting more and more evidence that corroborates um, each other across state boundaries. So uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting, but you know, we still got more to collect and more to go. But I think that ultimately we're gonna show that Georgia electoral votes were not given to the right candidate. And I think we're gonna see that in a, in a couple other states as well. And then that's gonna raise some very interesting constitutional questions yeah. and historic questions right. uh, that maybe we've never been down this path before in, in American history. I so, think so, yeah. So this is going to be really exciting. It's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be difficult, but uh, I, I was not planning on going past the inauguration on this. So, yeah, right. So, but <clears throat> here's a question. So when you see these problems with Dominion, Dominion's a very expensive product. Now, mm -hmm. Are Partic you the way that we bought it was in particular, yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so so there's different ways of looking at that. It's either that they like so like um was it so Solyndra? You know, it's either where you get you're having overpriced products because you're selling it exclusively to governments that you can for what what was the uh it's like a thousand to one or something for every million dollars yeah. Biden gets, he has to pay back a billion in government spending. Like that was <laughs> like the theme that was going around last week. So if you so it doesn't matter what value is in the if Dominion costs 500 million, it doesn't matter at all if it's a 500 million dollar product. Well, it really matters is that they probably paid off $5 million worth of payola. So like you could say, it's just a crappy thing. They sell it because they bribe people or it's worse than that, which is like Promise Software. I'm reading a lot about Promise Software, which was a, it was supposed to, in the 80s and 90s, it was supposed to connect law enforcement's ability to search a whole bunch of databases. But what they did right. with it was they foreign countries and I think with Mossad, our intelligence and Israeli intelligence put in back doors so that exactly. you could go in. So not only were they made and they actually bankrupted Inslaw, who made promise, I think because Inslaw would not sell to them because they had yes. all of this, um, these nefarious plans and they couldn't, it's not that they didn't want to pay their bill to Inslaw, they just wanted to own it and they didn't want Inslaw to own it. And, and so they did bad things with the software in addition to having the financial malfeasance. I mean, do you, I'm not asking you to opine because they're suing people for this, but is there anything that you really saw or, or want to say that um, can point us in which direction? Um, so you're trying to get me sued, right? <laughs> I do not want you sued. I'm going to ask you, in your opinion, in your gut, in your heart of hearts, if you um, were to give me a book on Promise or if you were to give me a book on Solyndra, which book would you hand me? Yeah, that's a tough question. So um, I really want you, I think what you're asking, is there a back door or not? Was that, was that the bottom line? Uh, so, yeah, um, intentional. Yeah, so, intentional so, malfeasance. Yeah, so um, 
the ASOG has already concluded. ASOG, I'm sorry, is the forensic report that was done in Michigan. They've already included that um, they considered that the Dominion system was um, uh, was intentionally designed for fraud. Now, um, that's their conclusion. And what's what is interesting about that is it's really, I would maybe even go a step further and not say, you know, just any, any voting system that has all the votes in captured in barcodes that the voter cannot verify. Um, you have to really ask a serious question. Was that done for any reason other than committing fraud? Is it with these systems that allow negative votes, were they done, was that done for any other reason than committing fraud? And that is, uh, you know, since nobody's ever cast a negative vote uh, in American history, same for fractional votes. Um, you know, is that, uh, was that intentionally done to commit fraud? And a lot of these systems will uh, capture fraudulent, um, I'm sorry, fractional votes as, as well. So the, I'm finding more and more information about the fact that the, the, the system is exposed. Uh, more, I think, more than I had originally in, anticipated. Um, so it's even worse. So I, you know, I've been saying it's bad. Uh, now it's, I'm finding out, well, maybe it's even worse than I was saying. So, uh, but I think more and more of this will come out as evidence in the court cases that are, that are pending. And, and we're going to, you know, it's going to raise that a very good question. Um, I, and I would uh, have to think that in my opinion, uh, I would, I think ASOG makes a very, very good case. Um, but I think it's, it's broader than just one vendor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's only, um, I don't think it's only Dominion. Gosh. So, uh, so we've got, we've got some questions. If you don't mind, um, they're piling up. So I want to do them. Um, Kevin wants to know, he says there's a 28 page decision on the Georgia court website dated January 27th. Do you, he doesn't even know what it says. Cause he can only see the first page. Do you know what this is about Garland or maybe Kevin can give us more information? Um, dated January. I don't know what that's about. I need to have a little bit more information before. Maybe can... Kevin, you can find the actual headline yeah. and I'll put it up and then he'll know what it's about or the first sentence that you can see. Um, yeah. Garland, Emily wants to know if you think the Maricopa County forensic audit will actually begin on Wednesday. I, I don't think you can predict a date. I, I feel like we're it, it, they'll get it, but I don't think you can predict the date there. Do you, are you aware that, um, maybe you mentioned this, but that it's not just the, the main characters that we've been hearing about Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia, but up to 16 states that may want to revisit? Um, I have not heard 16. I know the, I know the big six. Um, now, that doesn't mean that that's not 16. It's just that I am, I am stuck um, you know, in Georgia and I, I can't focus on anything yes, else other yeah, than yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just keeping up with a couple of the battleground states. So, um, I, that may well be true, but I can't confirm or deny. So I just don't know. 
why kevin asks why was your twitter account suspended did you even realize that garland maybe i should have uh, sent you a screenshot because right after you just put up that the court had decided to or the court was soliciting proposed rulings so it was shortly after our show that was your last right. post and then you were suspended do you know what was going on there correct that was only about a court case so uh twitter is as you know, a totally corrupt uh, social media platform. And uh, they, it was, I had, they had nothing to do with anything other than a court case. And they uh, suspended the account. And they were, they were gonna let me in if I give Google my personal cell phone number. Oh my but gosh. I didn't wanna do that. So That's so weird I, because we were getting reports that Facebook is requiring driver's license numbers to get your account unlocked. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, you know, sorry, I'm not doing that. So I will move to telegram. Um, and, uh, we might shut down our, our Facebook and Twitter wow, accounts. Too, huh? Uh, yeah, well, I got, I had one, I had one post, uh, blocked on Facebook. Um, and, uh, oh, which yeah, was right. again, yeah. And that was not a, nothing, right? Nothing. It was nothing. It was just, it had to do with election integrity. So let, you know, the social media platforms, uh, and you know, the, the, we're talking about Google, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, most of which were CIA funded. They yeah, are, yeah. Uh, they're blocking election integrity posts. They don't want to tell the people that there was problems with this election and it was likely, uh, it was very likely fraud. Um, they're trying to keep that from the American public and they're not gonna be able to do it because more and more folks are gonna find more and more avenues and all of the truth will come out this year and we will know what really happened. I mean, they're, they're calling people racist who mention fraud, they're really going over the top trying to get people not to be, af to be afraid to even talk about this. Well, uh, yeah, see, that's crazy stuff. But see, the thing is, we can't repeat their arguments. You know, yeah. this, is, this is the classic Fox News thing. They, they go out and say, well, we're the different, we're the different news media, but yet they are, right. they're polyparroting the same garbage arguments, like you're saying, Bankley, with, you know, everybody's a racist, this and the other. Well, why don't you just forget about what they're saying and talk about how the election was actually potentially stolen? Or not. So, or, or not. You know, yeah. argue against it right, in a way right. that doesn't just call people names. Exactly. Uh, you know, argue it against it with facts. I would love that. You know, at least we're talking about what really happened or didn't happen. And everybody deserves to know the truth, regardless of who won. There's a cover up. And, and people are, are too wise for that. If uh, if you want to, one chat that we're looking at, because I mean, I just dodged getting suspended from Twitter, I'm sure, because I had a post up about Ashley Babbitt. I didn't even think her killing was real. And there were a bit really robust conversation where people were like, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. So I, Binkley and I were talking, I was like, I should probably take that down right now. And, and I did. And by the end of the day, the purge had begun. I've lost a thousand Twitter followers. So one thing that we're looking at is a chat feature, a chat thing, which I think is more like Twitter 
than Telegram, but it's Mastodon. So if you, mm-hmm. if Voter GA wanted to start something like that, I would offer if there are costs to hosting it and um, or whatever, I would pay for that. Like I will donate that if you're interested you. in that platform. As I figure out how it works and what we're going to do, I'll just let you know. And if you want to piggyback on that work, uh, I'm happy to do that. And then people... Like- yeah, and then we can tell these people that that's where we can talk because I try to go to your Facebook stuff, Voter GA, because I feel like that's where people are chatting. But it, I'm happy to let that go away. I only yeah. go there for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. Well, there are. Um, uh, yeah, we've. I did. I, ironically, it was the same post that you got blocked on. I mentioned something about Ashley Babbitt, um, and we had different opinions. Right. You, right. You you thought that she was the official narrative was true. And you were just you were just highlighting that, yeah, and I was yeah. saying something different. It's weird. Just she was lightning rod, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but, Jack, but just yeah. What was I, what was ironic about that was I was actually in the same post condemned vandalism, occupation of government buildings, all of that. I condemned in the post, but I mentioned her, uh, you know, yeah. out of out of respect uh, right. for and you know for election integrity and the issue the fact that you know. She died because of that, and uh, that was too much for them to take. So, and that was their story, like that was the official story. You weren't even peddling a conspiracy theory. You weren't citing anything. Really weird. Um, Okay, so Jack wanted to know if you think this will change the Senate results, but you don't really think you don't know where this is going to go, right? Well, well, yeah, there is something. Yes. Isn't there a challenge? Yeah, you you mentioned that yes. uh, last week. We just that was my last teaser. Yeah, yeah, do tell, do tell. I thought that uh, we were going to be able to talk about that today, but um, it's not quite announced yet. But a Senate challenge was filed in Georgia, and the Senate races are going to be challenged. And uh, we'll be able, as soon as they announce this, I'll be able to go through all the details. But it has not been announced anywhere yet. So we've heard it first again here on Monica <laughs> Perez. Wow. Um, well, we are getting all the inside scoop before it breaks. So let's see what the what do people want to know. They Oh, they want to know about the auditors. Do you want to, are there auditors that you, you feel like you have people you can trust re- waiting in the wings, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't want to say in advance who our auditors would be. So let's, let's go back uh, and talk about uh, the forensics. Uh, there's a forensics audit. We, have, we want a visual inspection. The concept behind what we want is to have multiple ways to verify the same thing. So we want to have a visual inspection. We want to have a forensic inspection. We want to get the Dominion ballot images, which we're finding out are lower and lower quality as we uh, we didn't anticipate. And we want to get the Dominion election reports. Those are the four things uh, that we uh, want. Um, so we don't want to tip our, our hat as to who we may or may not do on forensic audit, but you could probably expect that we certainly want to honor the Senate's request if people know what the Senate's request is. Um, and then we certainly would want to try to audit that, and we might have a second opinion um, uh, on forensic audits. There simply is not that many people around who can audit uh, ballots and images mm-hmm. and that, that sort of thing. So. 
So you're very limited. So we probably have, we try to have multiples um, and we, you know, we'll try to honor the sentence request. And I think those who are familiar with our case will know what that means. Right. I'm trying to find here this. Um, I have four Facebook pages. So he said that he put it on my thing. Uh, if you're still, I, if you're still into, if you're, if you're still, if, if your if your Facebook page is still open, yeah, uh, I just another, checked to see if we still had ours when you were yeah, saying I'm that looking. we do. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to see maybe put it there. Yeah, I think I can't say I'm really great at Facebook, Kevin. I'm sorry, I'm uh, I haven't kept up with the latest yeah. bells and whistles. So I, I don't know what which court it is. I don't know if it's a federal court or state court. Um, um, don't it wasn't related to our case, but you know there's an ongoing federal case that is uh, they're basically saying that the Dominion machines are as unconstitutional and should be banned as are all machines. And the you know the evidence is is strong and solid for that. So um, there could have been a ruling in that case. Um, but I'm not aware of any ruling that came out last week. What do you think of the lawsuits that the Dominion is filing against uh, Sidney Powell? I think they already filed it. And then uh, Giuliani last week. And now they're threatening to file it again. I think it's an intimidation thing. What are your thoughts? Um, so uh, the I think that that opens the door for discovery in a way in which Dominion would absolutely dread. Uh, I, I don't think they have any intention of going through with that. If they did, I have a list of, I know exactly what I would want if I was Sidney Powell or if I was Rudy Giuliani. I, I know that they have a list a mile long uh, that they would probably be handing over back to Dominion and say, we want you to preserve all this evidence. And it would be, uh, um, I mean, basically, the Dominion would have to open up every single thing that they had, all the technical secrets, everything going back to their uh, inclusion uh, or their acquisition of Sequoia from Smartmatic and their acquisition of the intellectual property from Diebold, which was formerly, was formerly really? Global Election. Global election systems. Because they were absolutely, admittedly, up to no good, were they not? I mean, that the the testimony coming out of Ohio in 2004 was shocking. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, Dominion got all that intellectual property. So, um, so people have never seen this YouTube video, and uh, it looked completely authentic to me. Do, do you not agree, Garland, where there was a Diebold um, tech who was in a suit, he's at court, he was telling the judge that, was it Republicans? He said that they they had come to him to try to ask him to manipulate some of the results in a few key counties in Ohio in 2004. Is that right? Um, or was I, that the Florida one? There were two. Well, I think, well, the one that immediately comes to mind is Clint Curtis in Florida. Was, uh, and Florida, he, yeah. he, his testimony was that he was approached by Tom Feeney who was at that time, I believe, the Senate Majority Leader or the House Majority Leader in uh, Florida. I can't remember which. Um, somebody will find out for us. But he was a Majority Leader in the state uh, legislature. 
Um, and he had approached, according to Clint's testimony, uh, Clint said he was approached to uh, flip some boats, and he did that. He said it was very easy. And uh, that was his testimony to the to U.S. Congress. Okay, because I saw a different one that the guy said he refused, and um, he lost his job basically, but they did it anyway. And then I did see a, a somebody talking about an analysis where they said something about like a kingpin flipping in Ohio, where Kerry was in the lead, exit polls were very clear, and then all of a sudden. Bush was in the lead by the exact same amount, like literally it was flipped in the background, but that wasn't somebody testifying. That was somebody analyzing it. But I remember both Ohio and Florida had those kind of problems. And I thought they were all Diebold machines, Diebold machines. Yeah. And I can't believe it's the same. Now that makes me think that the book I want to read is about promise and not Solyndra. Yes. Well, you're, you're right. And uh, uh, Ohio, was of course um, they were Diebold as you were saying, Monica, and they uh, the chairman of Diebold was Wally O'Dell, and he promised to deliver the votes of Ohio to the George W. Bush yeah. campaign, and he did exactly that. Yeah, it was definitely a Republican thing. So when people think that the cheating is just on one side, it's absolutely not true. Now right. most people whatever side they're on, they think the cheating is on the other side, but it's definitely all the, all the cheating. I actually, somebody I knew worked on a campaign and he said there was, I think there might even have been an affidavit that somebody signed that he was aware that the Republicans were openly talking about how to steal some votes back in the day. So I've always known it's either party. So Jack, right. yeah, you know, Jack says, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And most of it has been uh, the Republicans cheating this time. Now I think we, maybe we have the Democrats. So we'll yeah, see, for I'm sure. Sorry, go ahead. I always think it's the Democrats, but there's too much evidence that it's the Republicans also. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. It's a bipartisan corruption. Can't deny it. I, I mean, whatever. So Jack, says, did you hear this, that that they're saying Giuliani's team manipulated the video? Is he talking about the the um, the yeah. one with the table, with the skirted table? How so so 60 Minutes did a piece. They they got they brought Gabe Sterling on. Oh. And <laughs> they they did. You're going to see a lot more about this from me in the very, very near future. I've gone now through point by point on the 60 Minutes segment. Oh to explain what's false. So I'm glad Jack brought this up so we can talk about it in advance. So uh, let's talk about a couple of the things that were wrong. So the first thing that 60 Minutes didn't tell their viewers was the fact that this room was curved. And I was there, I know, I was the observer. I didn't see Gabe Sterling there at any time. And uh, you can't see around the corner. It has a, so you can't see around the corner because it's curved. So they stuck the monitors in the left-hand corner of the room, back in the back as far, as far out of sight, out of their visual sight range that you could get from the room. And then this uh, skirted table was around the, on the other side. So the first problem was, but they, they didn't tell anybody about the curvature of the room, which is a violation of Georgia law. Everything should be in the public and, and be able to see that. But then Dave Stillian says the table was in plain sight. Well, no, it wasn't. It was not in plain sight. Not, not for the monitors. It might be if you were standing in front of it 
it was in plain sight. That's the first problem. Second problem was 60 Minutes didn't say that skirted tables violate Georgia law as well. Uh, so that we got 21-2406, 21-2483B, you know, you can guys look these up, you know, but of course 60 Minutes didn't want to do that. They just wanted to give Gabe Sterling an excuse to uh, do his thing. So uh, they, they also didn't talk about the fact that the elections, there were sworn affidavits from the monitors who said that the announcement came and that they were ending scanning for the night. And then they never even mentioned that, uh, that those, those sworn affidavits uh, existed. So 60 minutes, withheld wow. that in, 60 minutes withheld that information from their listeners. That's outrageous. Which, which apparently an intent to intentionally deceive them. We don't know. But it, it, the facts are they withheld the information. That's uh, crazy. So, I mean, that's so, just crazy. It's a journalistic... Well, 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 it, it gets worse. They also withheld the fact that it was illegal uh, to scan those ballots after the monitors had left. 21-2492 or 93 uh, requires them to give notice for the monitors. If they told the monitors leave and then they changed their mind, um, then they should have called the monitors back and not started until until um, uh, until they were done. So that's another violation of, of Georgia law. Of course, 60 Minutes didn't mention that either, nor did Gabe Sterling, who was on there. So uh, this goes deeper and deeper. But uh, the other thing they, did, they didn't really talk too much about was the fact that the, the scanning of the ballots continued with the same ballots. They would scan one, pick up that stack, scan it again. Uh, and and they they tried to palm this off as there is uh, well it was uh, rejected uh, well you know usually scanners reject it immediately they don't reject it after you run a batch that's the first problem and then the other problem even if they did you didn't see anybody having a problem with the scanner they just picked them up took them and scanned them again handed them off to somebody else scanned them again uh, of course sixty minutes didn't want to mention that fact to their listeners either. So, so that's some of the things. Of course, and Gabe Sterling didn't want to mention any of that uh, as well. That's just uh, the kind of de uh, the kind of deceit that exists in the news media, and really, it's also coming from the Secretary of State's office. So they colluded. They colluded right. to to keep this story going. That they, uh, you know, there's nothing there. There is no fun. So, the, I mean, the, when people talk about conspiracy theories. Obviously, there's, I mean, collusion, that's a conspiracy there. This is a coordinated effort. The question is really, I mean, it really gets to who, like at what, and, and it just, it demonstrates without actually having to answer any of the questions, what you're seeing with your own eyes demonstrates that there's collusion, a cover-up, intentional action. You can speculate as to who's behind it, but we can see the evidence of our own eyes that there is malfeasance. Yeah, you can't That's believe your own eyes. To it. Yeah, and, and I'm not even saying like in this election, get let's battle the seal. I'm saying if it's happening now, it, it happens and we need to face that and we need to get serious about where um, what we will tolerate. So I, I just that you're going to keep going with these cases. I think we we simply must get a resolution or they'll hand that they will not 
follow any kind of process, in which case it'll just be another domino to fall when people realize that we are in a post-institutional world. Uh, absolutely. And, and But there was one piece of information, you know, Monica, that we learned in 60 Minutes, which uh, what I thought was very, very interesting. And they they admitted, you know, Gabe Stone admitted that it was not Fulton County. It was not it was not those four people that uh, decided to count those ballots. It wasn't even the elections director of Fulton County that told them to start the scanning back. It was actually the secretary of state of Georgia who Brad Raffensperger, who ordered them to rescan, continue scanning the ballots, and that violated Georgia law. So they were operating under the instructions of the Secretary of State of Georgia, according to their own admission by the Secretary of State's voting system implementation manager. And I was literally watching CNN was, of course, they're in Atlanta. They were talking to Brad on the floor of one of those voting places that night. It was election night and they were asking all sorts of questions and he was he was just falling all over himself like these government guys do about the process and the integrity and the monitoring and all that kind of stuff. Like there's no question, blah, blah, blah. That, that night he was there on the scene and overseeing this stuff and making it very clear to everybody that he knew all the rules and everything was in place to make sure there was no hint of um, corruption or, you know, it's just, he, it does, it, it, the buck definitely stops with him. Now you, I can't imagine you can answer this, but Jack wonders if it's possible Dominion has some kind of leverage on those guys. And I, I mean, who knows, but you feel free to answer. I just, I, for me, the leverage is, you know, or else like you do it this way or else like you do it this way and you keep getting jobs like this or you don't and you don't. I mean, I just feel like Catherine Bernard's experience is, is perfect. Like we're going to tell you what to do. You can do it and everything will be great or you cannot do it and things will be bad. But but things will it, it's not it doesn't you have no control other than either you do what we say you say we say or you do not. Yeah, so um, I can to this question, um, another great question from Jack. Um, so you, let, I'll pose it as a question. So what you have to ask yourself, what possible motive could Gabe Sterling and Brad Raffensperger have for, for her to have done what they've done? Let's, we'll, we'll take Brad for example. Um, we talked to him ahead of time and explained that here are the good systems, here are the bad systems, here's what you want to stay away from, here's a, here are some things you could do that would be better. Uh, one of the things we mentioned is you don't want a system that um, encapsulates all the votes in barcodes and so that the voter cannot um, see what they actually have voted for. That's unverifiable. You want to avoid those types of systems. I mean, I personally told them that um, in, in a when we were sitting around a, a, a restaurant table and um, with another gentleman. And, uh, you know, so we outlined all this. And this was at the time he was not even Secretary of State. He wasn't, hadn't even won the Republican primary, but he was in a runoff with David Bell. So he knows what's good and what's bad. 
I explained, you know, we need uh, criteria in the request for proposal to for things like verifiability, auditability, completeness of the ballot, clarity of the ballot. These are things that you should evaluate the vendors on. That you know, kind of ignored that. Then you have the issue of the cost of the system. Uh, this is the you know we we're talking earlier the most expensive possible thing they could have configured to meet the needs of Georgia voters, which it doesn't even meet the needs. Right. And and then it, you know they literally spent um, over a hundred million dollars, if not two more than need to be on this system. Uh, they could have had a handwrite paper ballot system for uh, for a hundred a hundred million dollars less, and that doesn't include the ongoing expenses because you have all the logistics that has been on the counties. They're going to have to incur all the costs for maintenance, mm -hmm. testing, licensing, uh, lugging those things around. Uh, it, it's it's uh, exorbitant. Fulton County has gone out and bought these. Um, it, these um, big cabinets that cost thousands of dollars each and they only hold like two machines. So it, it's just money is just taxpayer money has been spent down the kazoo for a system that should have never been bought in the first place. So you have yeah. to ask the question, what motivated Brad Ravensburger to do this? Yeah. And he, and this is a follow-up, but I, I have two other things. I well, one thing, his family is adamantly anti-Trump from everything I can find on the internet and has been for a long time. I told you about his sister in the one show has like a secret account where she's done nothing but tweet anti-Trump stuff for the past four years. And that he, he's not like a Georgia boy. He's kind of presented as someone who kind of comes from around here. He grew up in Canada, went to college in Canada. Then he moved to Georgia years later where he, uh, he was in, uh, I can't remember the, the county he was in where he first got started in politics here, but he, he just seems like a transplant with a purpose to me. Well, very interesting. And Binkley, this is what I love about you. You do all this research and you come up with stuff that I did not know. So uh, even though I probably know him longer than you have, but I, I didn't know several of the things that you just mentioned. So uh, it, that's, that's uh, great information. Run deep. Uh, yeah, I, I did not uh, track that back. I know that you know Brad spent a million dollars uh, on on the race, uh, and that was in their primary. Makes no sense. That was in the Republican primary. Uh, he spent a million dollars to be Secretary of State, and I I, I asked him at the time why why do you want to why do you want this job? I mean, I would never want the job of Secretary of State of, of any state because. You, you know, if you do if you do everything right, nobody knows. If you right. do uh, any, anything goes wrong, you are the goat and you know, of the entire state. So it's like it's not a job that I would want. Yeah. So so why, if you're wealthy, you know, you, I mean, and he's well off. I don't understand why. Um, I, I never got a really clear answer that I thought as to where you know why would you even want to put yourself There's through that mess? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I I'm wondering a couple of things. One is. I remember when Ron Paul was robbed of his, uh, I don't know if they were, I had certainly countywide votes. I remember in Maine specifically, there were really tiny places that had a fine, like a very small number, like less than 10 people 
that 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 was the number that registered in the count for Maine, you know, of however they count votes, however they consolidate votes, whatever the subunit is. So every single person who voted was in the room when they uploaded the number of votes. And then when you saw the tally at the end of the day, those people said that isn't the number. We're still all sitting here like they just camped out for a day, like it was something like that. And at around that time, maybe it wasn't that time. It was long before that. But I remember when um, when I used to live in L.A. the first time and I had to vote, I voted at somebody's house, like down the street. They literally, <laughs> yeah, they literally wow. just had, you know, so you voted at somebody's house. And there were so many of those that this was in L.A., like or like a kind of suburby part of L.A., and they had just so many of those that you, that, that like little block. And I believe you actually had to go to your place. So like you had to go to the, the house that was near your house. You couldn't just go anywhere. I guess this was a long time ago, but I remember thinking how absolutely perfect it was because no matter how big a place you lived, if you live in an apartment building, maybe the apartment building would have one place. And then everybody there could just like kind of be there at midnight when the votes were counted and they could be like, okay, your number is is 97. And here's the spreadsheet that's on that live URL. And you can just always make sure it's 97. It can never change. And we all know it's 97 that you could actually drill down to the tiniest little subunit. And, and the voting could be as simple as being self-monitored by every voter. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I feel like when you look at something super complicated that you're not supposed to understand, you look at what alternative you could just come up with that isn't super complicated. And that's when I realized, like, I just want to take my a little on the back of a matchbooks and write who Ron Paul, mm-hmm. put it in a shoebox, and then everybody just walks the shoebox down to City Hall. And I was <laughs> like, that would be superior because you would have transparency and you could monitor it yourself. And so anyway, that's just my two cents. And you can laugh at me if you want, but I just sometimes try to think of like, what's the reality here? And that is a reality. But there, there is one thing, which is this, I think it's, I forget what it's called, Democracy First Bill or something like that. That's from 2019. And it has a lot of stuff in there. It has DC statehood. It has um, same day registration. It has online registration. It has two weeks of mail-in ballot. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's a federal bill in Congress, passed Congress, and never went to the Senate for a vote. It is going to go to the Senate for a vote, presumably this time around. And But one of the provisions, the only provision in the whole thing that I thought was good was that they want to have paper ballots, paper ballots that are auditable and retained. Uh, are you aware of this? And is there some, if you are, is there some devil in the details that I'm not seeing? Because I do not advocate for the bill, but that little piece of it looks good to me. Um, now, I'm aware of HR1, if that's, I'm not sure if that's the same bill we're talking about. It might be. But, I'd have to get um, up and get my notebook. But I, I think it might be. But um, oh, no, I can find it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I've been a proponent of handmark paper ballots for some time. Um, I, I think that the ballot marking devices are only needed for people who need ballot marking devices, um, and that you know that would be you know those who are, have some kind of a disability that that requires them to use it and they should be available for them everybody agrees on that there's no dispute um, there needs to be one in every precinct but the question is why do you want everybody else to vote on those two given that they're so expensive i mean that's like 
uh, requiring, you know, you build you build a, a ramp for handicapped folks to get up, uh, you know, to the the stairs, and then you require everybody to use the ramp. Uh, you know, I personally like the rock up the ramp, but I don't think <laughs> I, everybody should be required to do it just because I personally like it. Right. So, uh, um, you know, yeah, it's it's weird. But I think it's good. I think that that would that I would agree with you that that's a good thing to do. It seemed good. I mean, who knows? And I guess the only reason to put it in there is that there must be enough wisdom, you know, feeling of of cultural support for it on the left. I assume it's just all Democrats who want this overarching bill that in order to make it seem like it's a reform that is meant for voter integrity, election integrity, rather than a reform that's meant just for partisanship. Maybe they think a paper, I can't imagine they think paper ballots will help them. I, you just can't control it if it's truly auditable. I would assume, I mean, you have to just rely exclusively on propaganda, which does work for them. But Gary, Gary wants to know if you are coordinating with Matt Brainerd, a Patrick Kolbeck, and Richard Barris. So uh, Matt Brainerd is cl very close to the Trump legal team. I think he's a part of it. So I'm not really coordinating with, uh, per se, with anyone in the Trump legal team or the it wasn't the Trump legal team, um, per se. Uh, uh, I met Patrick Colbert uh, this weekend. He's a great guy. Uh, um, and uh, we spent quite a bit of time together. And Patrick is up in Michigan. Uh, and he, um, uh, they're doing some great stuff up there. Uh, they have, uh, Michigan is a lot like Georgia. They have one of the last standing cases. It was filed by an attorney up there. Uh, uh, named Matt, and Matt uh, uh, has got a, a great. He's going to get discovery. Uh, oh, he's going. He's great. yeah. Uh, he's got uh, open discovery, and he's got to ask for a few things. We were talking about what he needs to ask for. Um, so uh, he, uh, but yeah. So um, spent spent quite a bit of time with Patrick this weekend. He's a, a really really oh. nice guy. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh my gosh. You can print your ballots at home, which of course means that you could print them probably filled out. Yeah, yeah. Which is a problem. I knew yeah, there was a problem. Right. Well, there's a ton of flaws with HR1. Um, and, and it's like you said, they do have the, I think it does have the handmark paper ballots, but there are a ton, absolute ton of flaws with it, uh, aside from that one good thing. So it's kind of like you were saying, you know, one thing, one thing, um, uh, one good they tell they tell you one little little good uh, thing in there and then they are basically ten times more bad stuff. So so I'm telling you, Garland, you're gonna your your popularity is rising. It's everybody digs your look. You're you're going you're looking great, Garland. Your jacket. I noticed the jacket myself. High yeah. five. Yeah, he looks great. Well, he had a big Thanks, weekend. Thanks. Yeah, I had to kind of dress up this weekend, so uh, it was it was good. I had to wear this. You'll see this again soon. We'll have to have a party <laughs> here, but it's going to be at the seed place, so at neighbors mm -hmm. feeding seeds. So you do not wear a jacket. Well, you have to wear a jean jacket. So <laughs> Nick wants to know. I don't know. If I, I don't think I have a jean jacket. No, oh come have, on! I don't. I don't even have a pair of jeans anymore. What? I, no, I've, I'm all cords now. What kind of a Georgian are you? you don't have any. Jeans. He's going comfort. 
Cords are more comfortable than jeans. And they're really soft and, and furry. A soft and furry on the inside. You know, it's just really <laughs> cool, so. And you can't and you can wear them to court probably, or you can't wear jeans. I probably could, yeah, but I I I, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, well, the, the new world will be cash. So Nick wants to know if a forensic ex inspection will provide ironclad evidence of hacking and manipulation. Is that a fact? Do you think that's um, true? So, it, it, well, there's two types of forensics. Uh, there's the ballot imaging forensics, which is what we're after right at the moment. Uh, and uh, yes, if, if fraud, if their fraud took place, yes, it will find it. It will, we'll, we'll be able to detect it more so than the visual. But the other side of that, which I think Nick was getting at, was the Dominion. Uh, will forensics be, uh, will that be automatically insured with concrete evidence? Um, that's a good question. I, it would be hard to hide it. Uh, if if you got to the machine before it had been uh, changed, um, you know the results had been removed and the next set was put in. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Now, one thing it won't do it won't it, it won't give you the sort the uh, source code so for the voting system. So if there could be something embedded on there, the forensics couldn't detect that, but it could detect so many other things. Right. That that would uh, lead you to believe that the uh, whatever the virus you had was this, based on all these symptoms yeah. that the the malware could show itself in uh, lots of other forms that the forensics would be able to detect. So uh, I would say that you would get concrete uh, evidence out of there, concrete forensics. There, uh, it might. You might be able to trick the forensics, but I I don't really think so. I, I it would it would be too obvious. Um, so I I'd say it's pretty it's it would be pretty concrete. So do you think that it's possible that they can just wipe it like they did in Antrim? I don't know Antrim. I know the Kennesaw story. Is that the same well, thing? Uh, yeah. So I found out a lot about the Antrim story because um, you know we were concerned about that because it it had the same uh, characteristics as what our vote flip had up down in Ware County. However, it was even worse. So uh, what I found out uh, this weekend was that, um, it, it, you know, they're claiming up there that it was a user error. The Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, says this was a, a human error. Well, what I, we actually sat down and I spent some time on this last night, in fact, and I walked through everything with some of the guys in Michigan and we said, wait a minute, it's not a human error. It would have to have been three human errors to three separately, three different human errors to build the scenario that they claim happened. And then that scenario still makes no sense because the uh, it, it, it could not have been a human error because all of the votes went to Joe Biden. And they didn't. None of them. They was. They would take. They took out of all the other buckets and put them in the Joe Biden bucket. Well, the human human errors, right, right. which are pre, you know, if there was a misalignment, we talked about this before, Monica. But you know, if Trump's vote went to Biden, Biden's votes would have probably gone to Jorgensen. Jorgensen would have probably gone to a qualified right in, and so on, and so on, or vice versa. Uh, it didn't happen that way. 
all the votes were taken out and put into Biden's bucket. So by that, we know that that eliminates, uh, I think, um, precinct uh, uh, misconfigurations and ballot definitions mismatches. And I think we're looking at pure malware up there. Uh, that's what, uh, and, and uh, that's what, and you know, there, the, there are academics who are originally claimed that it was in fact human error and they backed the secretary of state. And these are some pretty smart guys uh, and they didn't have the evidence when they made that. So I think now that the evidence has come out, they're going to have some explaining to do. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear some explaining. I don't think we're going to get <laughs> explaining, but. Explaining, yeah. Oh, but, my well, gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Stella, I saw Stella's comment. Yeah. <laughs> there was, what was the last one? Um, there was one up there we didn't get to yet. Uh, here, just was batch adjudication used in Georgia? Yes, uh, absolutely. But Jack's, Jack's throwing out some really good questions. He's on here. it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of adjudication done, manual adjudication. Um, so uh, in many counties, um, and they, uh, well, by the way, I guess we should explain what adjudication is. So adjudication is when the voting machine cannot read the vote. So it, there's a certain way that typically it's based on the settings of the percentage of marking of a, of a, of a bubble. So uh, if, you, if you marked a bubble, this is a mail-in ballot, and there was, let's say, less than 10%, it would say, no, that's not uh, a, a vote. If, if less than 10% of the circles go down. If it's more than, uh, let's say, 20%, for example, it would say, yes, this is a vote, we'll take it. If it's in between the 10 and the 20, it says, oh, I'm not sure about that, I'm gonna send it to adjudication. Uh, adjudication is when they call it up on the screen, you've got three people uh, there, a Democrat, a Republican, and supposedly a nonpartisan <laughs> person. Who they usually Libertarian. Use. It's like, yeah, but it's usually like a League of Women Voters or something like or that. ACLU. Yeah, right, who's <laughs> hardly, hardly uh, nonpartisan. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, so then they determine what was this a vote or not, and then it's passed down the line. Um, so there are uh, a number of security flaws in the adjudication system um, that uh, Texas pointed out and some of the other folks is when, when they rejected it. But anyway, that's kind of what adjudication is. And uh, then now that I've explained adjudication, I have forgotten what the question was. He about just asked if you use it in Georgia. Oh, yeah. So uh, many, many counties did that. Um, and and they, not all counties, but a lot of counties did it. And there is another a, a thing that uh, is strange. Uh, Fulton County claimed that they adjudicated 106 out of 113,000 ballots. I think, I don't know if the director misspoke there, but I can't be it, true. Uh, that's a 90% adjudication rate. So, uh, and we saw this in Michigan, they were like 68% up there, uh, but yet they don't, they didn't manually do any adjudication. So the system was forcing the ballots through the adjudication system, but there was no adjudication going on. Well, so, that's pretty crazy. Well, apparently it happened in Fulton too. So we're looking at that uh, and to try to figure out, well, why, why did that happen? Wow. Uh, or did it happen? 
Um, so there, there should be some explanation for That's that. That's really so. wacky. Mm. So um, Emily asks, can Garland talk about how the 16,000 underage voters in Georgia didn't really vote? They were just marked as voted to explain fraudulent ballots. That that echoes something that you said in the past about how mail-in ballots versus in-person ballots. I think what you were saying is, if they've fraudulently submitted mail-in ballots under your name, it will not be discovered unless you actually show up to vote in person. And that's how they do it, which is why I always say, that's why I did not like one of those elements of, I guess it's HR1, where they said, well, well, let's just automatically register people. In that case, you have people who are registered who don't even know they're registered. They're definitely not going to vote. And if there's any uh, way to know who those people are, then you, it's there. Those are the ballots that you're going to submit without any chance of getting vetted. But uh, so, well, is that what happened here? Well, I I can't speak to the sixteen thousand underage voters itself. However, I can speak to the issue that I think that the question is getting to with Emily, and that is, um, I'll take Fulton County for example because I get this question a lot. Um, Fulton County, the guy who was over the State Farm Arena is the same guy who's also over the absentee ballot tracking list. So that's a security breach because if you wanted to uh, inject fraudulent ballots during the mail-in ballot process and you control the absentee ballot list, you would just go in and find people who hadn't voted in a decade, usually not the underage, but you find people who hadn't voted in a decade and check them off as voted. And then as long as you check off an equal number of people uh, compared to the number of votes that you wanted to inject, then you have, uh, you know, you can go completely under the radar. Uh, that's one way uh, to get around that. The other way is you can swap memory sticks and things like that with votes um, that you scanned yourself with, which are potentially counterfeit. And then you know, flop them, uh, swap them out that way. That's another right. way uh, because of the security of the system. So that's a couple ways that it could, uh, you, you know, you could, it could have happened. Kurt's asking if the law says you can only adjudicate 1% or less, why did the votes not get thrown out or analyzed? But you're saying you're not sure that this really happened, right? Well, what I know, I know Fulton didn't, didn't manually adjudicate 106,000 ballots in, in a day or two. I mean, that's what they're not, Did not, they're not set up for that. They only had two, two adjudication things going. So um, I, I don't think there's a Georgia law that says that you have to, you can only adjudicate 1% of the ballots. I might be wrong, but I, I don't recall ever seeing that because they didn't even know what adjudication was when they passed House Bill 316. So I don't think that there is a law um, uh, that that uh, for one percent, you know, that right. limits limits adjudication to one percent. So um, in Cherokee, TGA three says uh, Garland tomorrow. I'm asking the Board of Elections in Cherokee to agree with me in my lawsuit about the absentee ballots being opened early. This must be something you're familiar with. Yeah. So that's Tim Adderholt, uh, and he's he's Hi, uh, yeah. Tim is is. Uh, holding Cherokee accountable up there. So we appreciate what he's doing. So um, so it's an interesting problem. Um, one of the problems, I'm just going to explain the problem and then and I don't necessarily have a, a, a concrete solution for this. But one of the issues is that absentee ballots 
uh, are, are stacked up. And then they're, you know, at Fulton County, they, they waited in days and days and then processed them. And they, um, uh, Tim is trying to get them not to open them too early because if you open them too early, they are subject to um, manipulation. So he's coming at it from that angle. But at the same time, what you want to avoid is you want to avoid the county elections from stacking up a whole bunch of ballots and then processing for a week after the election. So you want what you want to do is require them, I think, to process all of their mail-in ballots up until election day with the election day results. So that way, the only thing they have left to process the next day is the uh, the, ma the mail in ballots. Agreed. They, I always wondered they why they didn't do that. And some counties do that. They don't have to be told. They don't have. They don't need a law. But that's what they do, uh, which is the right thing to do. Uh, uh, Fulton, of course, did not do that. They stacked up and they were processing for a week. After yeah, and then, and in Pennsylvania, uh, didn't they say they could do it for like two or three weeks after the fact? I mean, there's no excuse for that. Pennsylvania. When we go fix the other states, we're all going to have to go to Pennsylvania. That's like <laughs> that's that's the new uh, hotbed of corruption in America right wow, now. That's so weird. So, uh, um, so uh, anyway, um, so that's that's the kind of the argument. So the argument that the counties are going to make, they're going to say. Well, if you want us to process all these ballots on time and not get them stacked up, then we're going to need to open the uh, the ballots earlier. Well, that you know, that that leaves uh, an, an issue for some uh, potential thought up there. I think you could probably control that with procedures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the way I would do that. So maybe uh, Tim will be trying to get them to do some more protective procedures. I mean, a little to open those ballots earlier live streaming cameras, you know, with a dedicated URL that you could just always go. You can find the roof cams in Atlanta to check out the weather yeah. from 15 different places in Atlanta. I mean, just have the, the camera. Everyone can watch it all the time. And then yeah. you'll, you know, that that is a, a huge security. Again, like you just let the people whose votes are at stake monitor yeah. them. Nick wanted to know, he said he mm -hmm. saw a story where massive stacks of blank ballots addressed to the guy that lied about the water main leak at State Farm Arena were shredded. Can you verify this story? Um, we we know that some ballots were shredded, but we don't think that they were the ballots that are, are required to be preserved. So they're, they're, they definitely shred leftover ballots. So um, I'm going to withhold judgment and assume that they have done their job correctly until we see it. Uh, but it is interesting. And I, 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 this, that question, uh, that allows, it probably warrants us to re-discuss the story. I think we discussed this last week. But when we said, uh, we, uh, the question was, where are the ballots now? So we asked the court to preserve the ballots and under the county attorney explained to the court that, well, under the normal procedure is they are turned over to the custody of the clerk of the court, which have been followed the county superior court. So we went to the clerk and said, hey, we'd like to see these ballots. And the clerk says, well, they're not in our custody. We don't have them. I said, oh, really? Well, that's what y'all just told the court. So about three or four days later, 
Fulton County realized that, uh, that well, we made a mistake because we just told the court that we that the clerk has them. The clerk told told us that they didn't. So that ended up going into our brief. If y'all have read our, our brief, we explained that that's what happened. We asked for an expedited hearing. So okay, you know, they they don't you know they don't even know where the ballots are. Well, the court came back and said, oh, we were wrong. We actually do have the ballots. Uh, all along, we didn't we didn't know it. They're in the warehouse, the elections warehouse. Uh, so the elections division still controls the ballots, but they are allegedly in the in the custody of the court. So, well, how can you ensure they're being protected if they're in your custody and you didn't even know where they were? So we put that in the our brief and put this back to the judge. So I, I'm interested to hear what the judge is going to say about this when they when they rule. So it's kind of a shell game going with the ballots. Right. That is going to be interesting. That's the question of the hour. Stella wants to know if why can't how is it possible to rescan ballots? Why doesn't it just kick out? There's no marking, no. There's nothing to indicate a unique ballot. Oh yeah, great question. There is no unique ballot number on ballots. And there's a good argument for doing that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for security reasons. But yes, they can keep, continue to scan the same ballot over and over again. Otherwise, they could track a person's vote by matching a number with them. Surely there's a way around that. You would think. Yeah. You know, I mean, to assign, this is how you would do it. Make a scanner also a printer, and when it's scanned, it gets a mark on it. Well, that's an interesting thought. hadn't hadn't really hadn't really considered that. Or some, um, you know, I mean, if I could think of some, I'm pretty sure the experts who are getting five hundred million dollars for one of these systems. Be able to you mean the the physical ballot has a mark on it? Yeah, if they're scanning a ballot, if they're scanning a ballot that can be rescanned. Any any ballot that's read in that manner should get, you know, like when you're when you get a new passport, the old passport has a hole in it. You can't get a new passport yeah. without putting a hole in the old passport. Yeah. So Florida did does open the ballots as they come. Why not? So they yeah. obviously have a yeah. system in place. You could probably look at that. Now this mm, you yeah. have mentioned before, and it is important. And I it's this. Can someone explain why the lawsuit Garland is bringing is not an election challenge? Now, now it, it is. It could be. It could have been an election challenge if Linwood or somebody who was in a position to file it in a timely manner. So that is not an election challenge because that path was not open to you. But there were other paths, such as diluting your constitutional right to vote, that did not have such a real tight statutory time frame for filing. Uh, that's that's right, Monica. So we we would have filed it as an election challenge if we were within the five day period. But like you said, Monica, um, you, and you are I know you already know this. So um, we we thought that Lynn Wood or one of the other attorneys would have done this. Uh, in fact, we raced over to give him the affidavits. Uh, not we, but some of the auditors did. Uh, he had those affidavits on the sixteenth of November. So I would expe have expected him to file some type of a challenge like this. We kind of all sat back and figured that he or Sydney were going to do this. Sydney's uh, lawsuits didn't uh, get approved in the uh, for discovery in, in in the U.S. District Court. That's still bizarre. Uh, Lynn's lawsuit was a completely different lawsuit 
uh, regarding the signature matching, which we talked about before. So the reason, uh, by the time that we realized that Lynn's lawsuit wasn't going to do what we thought that we should do, and other folks who had contacted us, other lawyers, didn't do what we thought needed to be done in Georgia, and they wanted to pursue other angles, uh, constitutional angles and Supreme Court angles, we decided that we would have to file it ourselves. And uh, that's what we did. And by then it was way past the five-day deadline for certification. So we had to, in order to keep it alive, we had to file it uh, not as an election challenge. And that's, that's why we're still active and we haven't get, been thrown out of uh, I'm surprised they gave you standing because stand for constitutional rights seems like you could use that all the time for lots of things against the state and they almost never allow it. So that is in itself a major victory. Why they're fighting It almost so feels hard. like some of them were running interference, Linwood and others. Uh, maybe I'm being cynical, but totally. it kind of feels that way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I can, I, it, it, it makes me wonder. I, it's still a baffling question to me as to why. Well, you know, actually, you know what, Brad? I think I, the, here's the problem, I think. What I'm finding out more and more is that very few folks, and I'm including lawyers in this, very few lawyers understand election law. And election law is a different ballgame. And, and the problem is all the election lawyers in Georgia are hired by the counties and the states because they're always getting sued for, for messing up elections. So there are no election lawyers out there hard to spend. So what I find out is when I talk to these lawyers, which I now I'm spending time talking with lawyers all over the country, uh, I find out that they don't really understand election law and they don't understand Georgia law. Uh, and uh, they assume that things work differently in, uh, in Georgia or work the same way they work in whatever other state. One of the issues we have with sovereign immunity, we, as y'all know, the constitutional amendment, we kept explaining, explaining to attorneys sovereign immunity uh, is, is given even in declarative and injunctive relief situations in Georgia. You have no, uh, re no recourse, recourse at all. Yeah, you have to name people uh, in their individual <sighs> capacities uh, and, say, and show that they violated a law in order to sue them. And then you can sue them in their individual capacities. So uh, that's the way to go on that. But now, fortunately, the amendment passed, as y'all know, uh, which is probably one of the best amendments ever in, in the history of the state of Georgia. And now you can sue. None of the officials have uh, sovereign immunity anymore. So that was a great amendment. Uh, one of the probably the, one of the only good amendments that's, <laughs> that has passed. And, um, and, and so that solved the problem. But I think the disconnect is that you know, you could be the best defamation lawyer in the entire country. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know uh, election law in your own state. So maybe how, get out of the way. Angle. Yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that so, guy, he's not helping the cause. He got a, a thousand of my followers thrown off Twitter. So F that guy. So I'm serious. <laughs> telegrams next too. It's how, how, to yeah, telegrams too. next. You gotta. I gotta. I'm gonna f rope you in with my mastodon thing if it works. Okay. For you. So how did that? How did he? How did that got a thousand? Well, Binkley pegged it 
Linwood had been saying really provocative things on Twitter that Binkley and I know full well you cannot get away with. And yet he was getting away with it. So that yeah. was a signal which Binkley pointed out. People have been kicked off for far less than what he, he was talking less. about hanging Pence on Twitter and people he had and knew. he was not getting kicked off. Right. People we knew he was defaming people. He was getting um, he was really as much closer to inciting actual violence against a specific individual than PQ had gotten thrown off for. We don't even know what Sam Tripoli got thrown off for. So we knew he was getting away with something he shouldn't have. And then because of that, we were on high alert. That's why when I put up the Ashley Babbitt thing, um, and it was so weird to me that it was staying there. I was like, I cannot believe I got 90 replies, which means not only was it staying there, but it was being circulated in a way that Twitter doesn't normally facilitate. And that's when I took it down and I was like, the, the hammer, you know, the ax is about to fall. And it fell that very day. And, and I wow. only was really tuned into it because Binkley pointed out that Lynn Wood was being the kind of provocateur that Alex Jones had been two years ago with Sandy Hook stuff that got all of us, it got me dinged on YouTube and Facebook got me withdrawn from WordPress. It was all stuff that somebody else did and it smacked of that. But that's, I'm a little wow. cynical. Wow. A little cynical there. So, um, it's, and he's doing the same thing on Telegram now. That's what oh, I think he Telegram is. Now. Okay. Yeah. So let me, yeah. let me see if I get this Mastodon thing going. Any opinion on any election integrity bills being considered by the state legislature? Ralston has said publicly he does not really support rolling back no excuse absentee ballots. Will reform pass? Well, you're not opposed to absentee ballots, right? Right. I, I, I'm not, not opposed to it at all. They, there are certain aspects of it that should not, Raffensperger should not have implemented. Um, one of those is uh, drop boxes. Um, yeah. right. uh, that that that's for that increases the chances of ballot harvesting. We know, for example, that in fact they, that did happen with people stuffed the, the ballot boxes. Then you can't get the videos. Uh, our recommendation was just take let the let the person take the ballot to the post office. Where they can, the clerk can check their identity like they would for other other postal transactions. You've got cameras there, and it's convenient for the voter. You don't have to go out and buy ballot, you know, these boxes and cameras and all the logistics and things and pickup trucks to pick another taxpayer boondoggle. Right. Uh, it's just one after another. I don't know where, you know, Brad's mind is on these things. So yeah, it's, just, it's so weird. These things have big nefarious purposes. And then you also throw in like massive waste of money, giving your friends some contracts, all that. Anyway, so we have gone way over time. Gosh, it's always a joy. I get, can I tell you how many comments, messages, emails, stuff like that, that I get every week saying how much people love our chats, Garland. And I think it's That's mostly right. because your integrity is inspirational. So we really appreciate your so effort. As is your suit. Yeah, you look great. I mean, <laughs> thanks, I'm telling thanks. you, we are, you are going to be the toast of the town. Thanks. We're going to plan a little meetup in the spring. It's so got some know. cords. This has some cords on it. 
Oh, and, does and, it? Yeah, really? It's, yeah, it's half it's half leather, half cords. I know. Wow, <laughs> that is sharp. Cat Douglas was so. saying that you can definitely dress cord up. So don't use <laughs> cord on that front. I don't know when you're gonna be free though. If we're gonna come to have a take you out for a beer with this crowd, I don't know when you're gonna have any free time. We're gonna have to give you another month or two. Yeah, it won't be soon, uh, because be we've soon. got some big it's big stuff coming for next week. We should have a lot to talk about next week. I think we'll have some big announcements. And um, just, uh, we'll just have to wait until then. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we are going to say goodbye to you and hopefully talk to you next week. So you've got, this guy's in Canada. This is Joe Tundra. <laughs> and you're, you've got the world's attention right now, Garland. So thank you for being, right. continuing to be the Propaganda Report exclusive. And we will talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Binkley. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. See y'all later.